What's up, everyone? You are listening to the Jelly Cards Podcast, where we take you on a journey through the sports card hobby. And don't think we are excluding any of you TCG hobbyists, because we at Jelly grew up collecting both Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Each episode, we discuss various topics related to the hobby, while giving you frequent market updates for players both in-season and off-season. You can listen to all our episodes on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you are ready, we are ready. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this new episode from the Jelly Card Boys. All right, welcome back to the Jelly Cards Podcast, where John and I are spreading the love of the hobby. This is episode 36. You can listen to all our episodes on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you are enjoying these topics, please give us a rating and a follow on both Spotify and Apple. John, we're going to stick with the baseball talk. Honestly, like since we started talking about football, I'm not even looking at like football cards anymore. <laughs> like now that the winter meetings are going on and baseball offseason is kind of really stirring up, all I'm doing is just reading articles about baseball, paying attention to baseball cards, looking at the markets. We we need Shohei to sign like soon <laughs> because I really feel like he is holding up the entire free agency market right now because every team, I think, is just waiting for him to sign. I think you're right. You know, players like like Belly, Matt Chapman, you know, Snell, all of that, like all these players who are sitting around waiting to like see what happens. Like I feel as if that's it's because they have to wait for Otani to sign first and then other teams can like send offers, and, you know. So I really need Otani to sign soon. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think it's he's he said or somebody said that he's going to sign by the end of this week. That's what I'm hoping. How about this for me? So if Otani ends up coming to the Cubs, of course, mm. I'm going to be happy. Like, I'll, oh. I'll, be, I'll be happy for the Cubs. Of course, I'm not going to sit here. And even though I don't want a 500 plus million dollar contract on, on the team, if he came to the Cubs, I'm not going to be like y'all pouty about it. <laughs> However, I love that the Blue Jays are one of like the main teams in pursuit of Otani. And from what I've been reading, are a heavy, heavy favorite to sign him. Dang. And me personally, I just think that's great for baseball. Why do you say that? I say it because if he goes to the Dodgers, to me, it's just the Dodgers way of flexing their, their money on the entire league. Because, hey, we can give Otani a $600 million contract and we're just going to keep buying up all the players. Yeah. But if somebody for the Blue Jays, who clearly do not have the same market size as L.A., to land Otani, I think would be huge. <clears throat> Absolutely huge for the game of baseball because it, these big markets aren't just going to win everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So, I mean, like, how do you feel about that? Like, I, I mean, if if he didn't go to the Cubs, wouldn't you want him, like, on the Blue Jays? Wouldn't it make more sense for him to go to the Blue Jays when you're in a division of the AL East where pretty much every single team in that division is playoff caliber? 
see, that's where I feel like it might not make sense. So if Otani doesn't go to the Cubs, doesn't come to Chicago, I I agree with you that I don't want him to go to the Dodgers. I really hope he does not go to L.A., but I feel like that's going to happen because of, I don't know, their money and their success. But the reason that I kind of feel like he won't go to Toronto is because of what you just said at the end there is like, what was, how many Baltimore won that division and then the Rays were in second. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. And, and I, the Blue, the Jays, Blue were Jays were in third. Yep. And then you're in a division with the Yankees and the Red Sox too. So I would love for him to go there, but I know that he really wants to go to a team that's going to compete for a world series and win. And I feel like it might be tough for him to do that in Toronto. But Toronto is a, they're a playoff caliber team. Yeah. At the I very agree. least they're a playoff caliber team. But why not go to a I don't know, a quote unquote weaker division to guarantee yourself a divisional win every year, like a divisional championship? To me, if I was him, I would almost not want to go to the Dodgers because I feel like I would just be overshadowed by other players. Like he yeah. was the main play, I mean, other than Mike Trout. But, you know, on the Angels, but like he goes to the Dodgers and I just feel like there's, you know, like if he goes to Mm -hmm. Toronto, like it's going to it's going to do great things for that market. Great things for that team. There's no if if the blue if he goes to Toronto, there's no way the Blue Jays are trading. Oh, he'll he'll be like a midseason trade if it's going to happen. But I, in my opinion, they would keep Boba They would not trade him because now they're. Now they're in a position that, hey, we can win a World Series. That's why I, like, I want him to come to the Cubs because of that. He will be the face of this franchise. And he already is the face of baseball, basically. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be the clear best player on the team. But who knows uh, Unless happen? they bring Belly back. Okay. <laughs> which, right. which I'm telling you, man. I, after yesterday, when I was like looking at a bunch of players... Jung Ho Lee, man, I want that guy on the Cubs, dude. What? He is so. Did you watch the video I sent? No, I didn't. I was working. Uh, it was a pretty busy day at work yesterday. Watch, watch the highlight video that I sent in the group chat yesterday. His bat speed is unreal. <laughs> up and in pitches, pitches up and in. He's turning them and cranking them out of the park. He's pulling these pitches. You know like, who else does that, Jason? Belly. Shohei. No, Cody Bellinger. <laughs> Shohei's like a like kind of – his swing's like – I feel like his is a long swing just because he's a very tall, lanky guy. And I feel like a lot of his home runs are kind of almost more center field. Like he <laughs> – like this this kid was ripping them like down the side. Like down, down the, the, like, the sideline. And it was unreal. Okay. But I don't think he – the um, – the Padres and the uh, Giants and the Yankees, of course, are like the top three teams for him. The Cubs aren't even in any talks with this kid. That we know of. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. But so we'll move on from that. So we do want to talk about Bowman Draft. Uh, that set is going to be released next week. Of course, that's our bread and butter or our, our bread and jelly, as you like to say. Hell yeah. Bowman Draft is getting released. That's Basically, what we kind of surround jelly cards with is baseball cards. However, before we even get into that, we got to mention Eddie from 727 Cards 
is hosting another sports card show, the Chicagoland Sports Card Show in Darien, Illinois. It'll be at the Perfect Swing. It's going to be on Saturday, December 9th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. You are looking at 60-plus vendors, over 100-plus tables. We were able to uh, have a table, um, what was it, in September? Mm -hmm. We will be back this time. We will have Eric joining us, which will be great. Unfortunately, Luke won't, won't be able to uh, join us. Um, but Eric will be able to come to this one. So there will be three out of the four Jelly members. It's going to be a great time. So if you guys are um, able to go, want to go to spend some money, hang out, <laughs> you don't even have to spend the money. If you want to just come talk some cards, look at some cards, I'm telling you right now, Eddie puts on a fabulous show. So don't miss yeah. out. Hell yeah. And on top of that, we are thank you to 727 Cards. Thank you, Eddie and Elias. We are sponsors for the show. Yep. So Jelly Cards is going to be having some goodie bags for kids. Uh, I spent, me and my brother actually spent a long time making those bags. I think that, uh, I think they're going to be pretty cool. I put, we put some sports cards bags together. We put Pokemon card bags together. Uh, we're going to be having shirts as well that we're going to be, I'm pretty sure, raffling off. Eddie would have to confirm that, but. We'll be sponsored the sponsors for the show, so it's going to be a great time. And like Jason said, even if you don't want to spend money, you could just come, hang out, look at cards, talk about cards, talk sports, and it'll be exactly what we love to do the most. Yeah, and like like we said the last time when we uh, talked about the show, like this is this show is completely different from like going to like the the Chicago Spectacular or the National. This is a way more personable show. It's you don't feel that like that overwhelming sense of like, Oh my God, there's just so many people here. Like this is, this is a great time for people who, who love the hobby, enjoy the hobby to come hang out with other hobbyists, local hobbyists, talk cards, try to make some deals. It's a super fun time. Like I said, I, you know, I almost prefer this show over even going to like a national yeah, because I just love that personable, you know, um, sense of like, Everybody here loves the hobby. Exactly. Like these are true hobbyists and I can't, I, I, I can't get, you know, get over the fact that all the kids who are just so happy buying cards, you yeah. know, buy, buying single cards, dollar cards, 50 cents cards. And they're, and they're just the happy. They're just buying whatever because, Hey, this card's of my favorite player or I love this Pokemon and I'm gonna have this card. Yeah, exactly. You know, Beautiful that, said Jason. That's, that's the love of the hobby right there. That's what the hobby is all about for yep. us. Mm -hmm. So if anybody is, is available that day, come hang out with Jelly. Come hang out with 727 Cards. Uh, hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping we'll, we'll end up seeing like, you know, uh, Comp Killers, uh, Anchor Up. I'm assuming they'll all be back. Uh, you know, Mark's Card Shop. It'll be a fun time. World Champs. Yeah. Time. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. I hope so too. But so let's get into some Bowman Draft Talk. Yeah. So, like I said, this is this is what Jelly <clears throat> is all about. So when when we first started Jelly Cards, we were so how how John even pitched it to us. I don't even know if we ever even like spoke about <laughs> how how we even started it. Yeah. John John made a pitch to us about hey, you know, like we said, we we were all card collectors, but John made the pitch of hey, I think I think all four of us could do this. And his pitch to us was Bowman baseball. 
and it was the year of uh, Jason Dominguez and Bobby Witt. So we started off just uh, we were all into the mega boxes. You were obsessed with mega boxes, man. I, st- I still am obsessed with them. What yeah. the hell are you talking about? Well, they're they're pricier, way pricier yeah. than they used to be. Yeah. But that's what we started off on. It's funny. All we wanted was Bowman mega boxes. Damn right. Back when you know when they were what at Target for what thirty dollars a box? Yeah, thirty <sighs> bucks a box. Can you can you believe that? That's really ridiculous. Honestly. Thirty dollars, and they're what, like sixty, fifty-five, sixty dollars now, almost, almost double yeah. what, including taxes. Yeah, for sure. It's upsetting. It's super upsetting. And then, so we were doing all, we were doing that. We were buying up all the mega boxes, and then I believe it was me that was like, "Hey, I th- think we need some autos here. Like, we need to guarantee <laughs> ourselves some autos. Like, that's where the that you know I started seeing the shift. Like, that's where the money is. Like, you need some autograph cards." So we shifted from mega boxes and we started just buying into lots of hobby boxes. But then we're, we weren't guaranteeing ourselves a case hit. We got lucky on, on, on a few boxes, you know, that yeah. Gabriel Arias card when we, that we hit. Luke pulled it. Nonchalant Luke. Hot hands Luke. <laughs> yeah. You know, we pulled the out of five auto of uh, Gabriel Arias. That was a huge card. You know, we were able to get lucky with uh, Blaze Jordan, you know, out of 20, uh, 299 speckle auto. Yeah. But then we're sitting here going, we need to guarantee ourselves like case hits or how do we maximize our profits here or try to maximize our profits here in order to gain as much as we can. And now we're cases, baby. (laughs) We're buying cases. We're buying cases. We're, we're securing our spot for the, uh, the pre-orders. We already got our pre-order in for, uh, for this new set coming out next week, man. Your boy's ready to rip. Oh my god, you have no idea, Jason. Like how I am many, ready to rip. Do you have any idea how many like breaks I've looked at online in the past few days? Already? Oh yeah, I'm looking at eBay. I'm looking at Facebook. I'm looking at Twitter, Instagram, whatnot. I've just been. Are people are know. breakers already like? Do they already have? They don't have it already, do they? They don't have the. Uh, I don't know if they have them in stock, but they're doing. Uh, Pre-fills, like pre-orders. Oh, okay, okay. So like that once gonna... once they get the the product, they're just starting straight to break. rip it. Yeah, yep. That's awesome. It is awesome, and it's also not awesome for my mental and <laughs> like financial health. It's very bad. Well, you've been sending us all the lists of the breaks and stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's <sighs> how much are Cubs in a break? So I really, really, really want to buy the Cubs on, in a break. Of a full case of Super Jumbo, I think they're $170. And I want to pull the trigger really, really bad. But I'm trying my some, best. You want some Matt Shaw cards, huh? Oh, oh absolutely. And I'm I'm dying, Jason. Please, like, let's do something before I lose my mind. <laughs> like, we well, need to rip as soon as possible. Why don't you jump into that 100 case? I try, oh, man. They were running. So they were running a 10 case break yesterday and i unfortunately did not win anybody i was trying to but i got out no, fortunately you didn't win anybody touche you right yeah that's a good thing actually save the money for i don't know any other expense john please don't yeah, go crazy yeah an omar Vizquel rookie card mm-hmm. i let i let the the uh offer go oh i'm so upset at myself fifteen dollars <laughs> like fifteen dollars for an omar Vizquel psa 10 I should have just did it. 
Yeah. But I didn't because you guys made fun of me. Well, what the heck? <laughs> Did you you said this stuff? You sent the stats. He's a great defensive player, but everything else is just like, yeah. I, I know. I, I wanted to get into it this episode, but then I was like, nah, I won't. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. But Jason. I was gonna I was gonna rage a little bit because yeah, looking at him, I'm upset. <laughs> Why? I'm upset because longevity. Nobody's playing 24 years at the bigs anymore. No one's gonna play that long in, in the majors anymore. I agree, actually. Like so, I actually don't, I don't uh, ding him for that. Like I don't say, oh, like because he has over twenty eight hundred hits. I'm not dinging him because, well, he should because he played twenty four years. No, mm-hmm. I, I actually think that's a plus for why he should also get the nod is because longevity of the career to able okay. to play baseball until you're forty five years old. Come on, yeah, yeah. like that's it's really awesome. impressive. Yeah, but anyways. Yeah, come on. I know. So, like we said, we bought our case. You know, we switched to buying cases. And, it, and in my opinion, I think that's kind of the route. If you're new to the hobby or you're a hobbyist out there and, and you're not buying cases, if you have the, um, the budget to do it and you have the funds to, to be able to, to spend that money, we as Jelly highly suggest that's the route you go, Right. Because mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, buying single boxes or like going to your local card shop, buying a hobby box here, buying a hobby box there. Sure, you're guaranteeing yourself the, the three autos, the five autos, whichever box you end up buying. However, you're not guaranteeing yourself that case hit. Exactly. And I think that's a huge thing because your case hits are, what, 50 and, and lower, correct? I believe so. So, I mean, you can guarantee yourself uh, out of 50 – out of 25, out of five, super fractor, those would be your big case hits. So in my opinion, and I'm assuming it's the same for John, if you have the funds, definitely look into buying cases and get them during the pre-sales. Get them during the pre-orders. Guarantee yourself that you're going to get this box right at release because obviously if you pay attention to these markets, they're hot. They are hot the moment these cards are getting ripped. Yes. You know, so if you're looking at it, jumbo box, three autos, super jumbo box, five autos. They don't just do a regular hobby box for draft. It's either jumbo or super jumbo. We (laughs) got ourselves a nice super jumbo case. Yeah, no. 30 autos, John. 30. 30 of them. That's awesome, man. I'm super excited. And yeah, I reiterate everything you're saying because so to kind of just explain it a little bit further for people who are trying to get into the hobby, when you buy wax with the intent to open it for yourself, the goal has to be to eliminate as much gamble as possible. Mm-hmm. So the reason that we have shifted from buying like a few mega boxes every year to buying a few hobby boxes every year to buying a full case of cards every year is because like Jason said, if you can afford it, you, the more, the more boxes you're going to open, the better chance you have at hitting a great card. And if you can eliminate that gambling by avoiding buying one box or two box or like even a few packs and you can jump all the way up to opening a full case of cards, that is going to be more beneficial in terms of your odds and hitting an amazing card. And I feel like I should also mention that it's tough when it comes to other sports because 
I don't know. The reason that we stick with Bowman is because we feel like at least it's close to a good price point. People who are listening to this episode who used to freaking rip Bowman when it was much, much cheaper are going to laugh at us. But it's still the current prices are indeed ridiculous. It's very expensive. But again, comparing it to freaking to prices of NFL Prism, prices of Optic, NBA, all these other crazy cases and expensive sports cards. We choose to stick with Bowman because it's at least a good, quote-unquote, affordable card market that we can afford to rip an entire case. And another small plug, if you don't rip wax, that's completely fine. There's no reason that you have to rip wax. Mm -hmm. I feel like Jason said it's a good time to do the pre-order because once the official set comes out, there's a huge hot market. Don't. I don't recommend buying it once that happens. I do recommend waiting like maybe a few weeks or months to buy into cheaper breaks, cheaper singles, buy even a few a case for cheap if you can. But it it gets really like ticky tacky as the as the set gets older. Like once mm-hmm. it gets released it's super hot and then as time goes on it could it could get even hotter, but it could get even it could get cold and you can probably find some some cheap cards compared to what they were when the case came out. And here's the here's the great thing about it too when you're when you're buying into these I mean you're looking at there's I was reading yesterday when I was doing notes for the, uh for the podcast there I believe there's 101 players have autos. Yeah. There's 101 players who are able to autograph cards in the set. So you're looking at what a set of I think it's 400, right? Because I think there's 200 base prospects or base cards, which are still prospects. Because the great thing about MLB uh, or the Bowman Draft is that they don't put any um, MLB players in it, right? So you give 200 prospect cards, but then you have 200 of your first Bowmans, correct? Mm-hmm. So you're looking at 400, and and here's the thing: the great thing about the um, the prospect cards, you're still looking at Ethan Salas, you're still yeah. looking at Jackson Holiday, you know, you're still looking at all those top um, MLB prospects where you can still get their autos. Like yes. there are there are image variation autos in this set that's that include Ethan Salas, they include Jackson Holiday, but then you're looking at top the top prospects you're looking at Paul Skeens, Wyatt Langford, your boy, Matt Shaw's in it. He's got an image variation auto in the set. Mm -hmm. So 101 autos, you're looking at over 400, you're looking at 400 cards, still of all great players. It's a, it's a fantastic set to buy into versus like buying into regular Bowman, which is, that's what we used to do when we were buying the mega boxes. We were buying regular Bowman. When we were buying hobby boxes, we were buying regular Bowman. Like that's what we were doing because we were uh, capitalizing on the international signings because you're never going to get an international signing in, uh, in Bowman draft. Correct. Right. Correct. But also what regular Bowman does is they still add those MLB players in it. Do you have MLB <clears throat> rookie cards in it? You have base uh, MLB cards. So you're not necessarily maximizing your chances of, of guaranteeing those like top first Bowman's. In my opinion, at least like this Bowman draft is, yes, you don't get those international signings. Sometimes they do a weird thing where they don't put certain draft picks into uh, Bowman draft. They'll put them in regular Bowman. Mm-hmm. But 
in my yeah, like I said, in my opinion, I still think you're like you said, you're you're eliminating that gamble. You're guaranteeing yourself that you're going to probably end up hitting one of these big cards. Like like we got lucky last year with some Jackson Holiday autos. Absolutely. So, yeah, if you if you feel the same way. I do feel the same way. Yeah, it's all about eliminating gambling cuz yeah, obviously buying and getting involved in the sports card hobby is gambling. You're if you're yeah, no matter what. It's uh I like to refer to it as uh focused investments. You're buying into things as investments. You feel like these cards could go up, but when you're ripping wax, when you're buy when you're opening boxes, it becomes a big gamble because you're you're buying into the box hoping that you'll hit a big card that'll cover the cost of that box or case. Mm-hmm. And the more boxes you open, like I said, the better your odds become. And that's just, I don't know, common, hopefully common math for everybody. And here's the thing about it. And, and going based off of what you just said, hitting cards that could end up basically paying for your box. We've talked about it in the past episodes. There are two players in this set that we truly believe if you hit one of these case hits of those two players, I it, we think it's going to pay for the box. And then some. And yeah, and then some. Like Paul Skeens, number one overall pick, uh, pitcher from LSU, went to uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's going to be a very hot set. Now, we, we've talked about how there is a big difference between pitchers and, and position players. However, Paul Skeens was talked about a ton before yeah. the draft and even after the draft. And I think he's actually been – I think he was, he was playing pretty well when he was uh, – getting into some minor league games last season. Absolutely. He's going to be hot when this set is released and people are pulling Paul Skeens. I'm telling you right now for those hobbyists that don't buy into wax and only are looking for single cards, he is going to be a hot, hot player. Yeah. And he's also the number three prospect in baseball. Exactly. And and I'm assuming he's more than likely going to be called up Maybe even this coming season. It's possible, honestly. Like, I, I truly think. I mean, where, where did he finish last year? Did he, did he finish in AAA or was it double A? Double A. But his ETA is 2024. So, I, I'm, I'm assuming he would, he'll be AAA at the start of the season. He might only be in AAA for like a month. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Dep- depending on how – give him a couple starts just to kind of, you know, maybe you know, work out the cobwebs from the offseason. But I'm telling you, he's going to be up right away. Yeah, he might end up being, you know, like even though the Pirates aren't that great of a team, you know, he's gonna he might be like uh, I kind of maybe look at it as like how Jeff Samarja was, you know, when when the Cubs weren't good, but Jeff Samarja was just the ace, you know, yeah. when he was on the mound, he was great. You know what I mean? Like the team around him wasn't good, but he's gonna be an exciting player to watch because he's gonna stand out on the Pirates. Yes, yeah, absolutely. He will absolutely stand out in the Pirates. So let me ask you, if you're pulling a Paul Skeens card and you pull, and you end up pulling a case hit from him, if you end up pulling an out of 50, out of 25, out of red, Super Fractor 101, and they're autos, well, <laughs> what, get, just estimate a price of what you think a Paul Skeens case hit's going to go for. I think so for... Paul Skeens, like we've talked about many times, even though he's a pitcher and you guys all hate pitcher autos, I think a red Paul Skeens out of five will push five figures. I think it's oh. I think it's going to get close to 10K. Oh, only, be, only because of the insanity in the hobby. 
do I think that that card would I pay ten thousand dollars for a red Paul Skeens auto? And you're talking raw? Yeah, mm. yeah. I I personally wouldn't only because I'm just too afraid. I don't have the guts to pay ten k and hope that that card's going to become like a fifty k card. But there's people out there who will, and I think it's going to push that. Same with uh, the other player that I'm sure we're going to talk about. I feel like if you hit a gold out of 50 auto, that probably will get 2K to 4K, maybe even 5K. Just based on how quickly and how hot the set will be, I don't know. So I, what do you think a 101 is going to go for? Oh, uh, man. You think it'll be like 50 plus? No, I'd say at least 20. Oh. What do you think? Yeah, that's that's my guess. I I could be very wrong. 20, 20 sounds like reasonable. It sounds reasonable. <laughs> yeah, yeah is, it sounds like it could happen. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I it, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it sold for 50. But here's the I'd thing be surprised Paul. if it yeah. sold for like 100 plus, but I wouldn't be surprised if it sold for 50. Here's the thing about Paul Skeens, though. He, for, when it comes to pitcher prospects, he was getting way more attention than, than other pitchers in the past, I feel like. Like he was getting a lot of media attention coming in. So he could kind of be that outlier – of, of a pitcher prospect who, who is extremely valuable in the hobby, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was getting a ton of coverage and everybody was talking about it. Every, you were watching highlights. Everybody knew that Paul Skeens was going to go number one. Yeah. So in my opinion, I think, like I said, he might be the outlier and be able to garner a lot of attention from hobbyists who are, they're just going to up, up and up and up and up the price. Yeah, where, yeah, where uh, out of five, yeah, might go for like five thousand dollars. A one on one super factor might go twenty plus. Yeah, I really do think so. It's because of like uh, I, I feel like this word has been thrown around way too much recently, but I keep hearing like generational talent, generational talent, once in a I don't know lifetime talent. Really, maybe, for Paul Skeens? I don't know. I don't know if it's being said for Paul Skeens, but mm-hmm. I agree with you that he's getting all this hype, and I think yeah. it's because of how well he did when he was playing at LSU and all that. I can't I th- even. Yeah, I think a lot of it too has to stem from the fact that he's going to, um, he's going to get called up like right away, almost. Like he's yeah. not. He's not going to be one of those players who's going to spend you know three four years in the minor leagues. No, he came out of college. He's he's going to play probably. Like like we said, he's he might play just a month in the minors, and he's gonna get called up. He was just drafted last year. I know. Like he his his rise to the majors is gonna be very fast. Like that's why I believe he was getting so much coverage is because he was almost like MLB ready coming out of college. Yeah, I think that's like um, this is a little bit off topic, but I think a lot of teams are starting to pick like these college arms and these college bets. I know that they don't get as much love as the high school prospects do when when teams are drafting, but yeah, he's. Did you did you see his numbers when he was at LSU last year? Oh, uh, I don't remember him off the top of my head. Okay, yeah, his he had 122 innings pitched and he struck out 209. Wow. Yeah, K three K per nine is 15.3. What? Yeah, yeah. So like 15. Yeah. Oh man! Strikeouts per nine, fifteen point oh. three, and one hundred and twenty-two innings. He walked. Where is it? Twenty people, and struck out two hundred and nine. 
Wow. It's disgusting. So Holy like Holy crap. That's why like it, this this kind of stuff gets really exciting. Like obviously the high school prospects are great, but these college bats and college arms when they get drafted and they start doing well in the minors, I feel like that's a good like hype train, so to speak. They get a lot of coverage because teams are like, holy crap, yep, they're going to be coming up to the majors soon. Well, let's well let's uh, talk about. I know you you brought up about Wyatt Langford from uh, from uh, Texas. Yeah. So, could he possibly be the the he? I'm assuming he's the second biggest prospect in in the set. Yeah, some might argue he's the first. Yeah, and, and that's why that's what I was gonna get at. I was gonna ask him like, could he eventually? Because like we we talk about, you know, Paul Skeens might because he's a pitcher might not. He might not, you know, keep that same number one spot. I guess in terms of the set, because we all know position players are just heavily, heavily sought after. So could Wyatt Langford jump Paul Skeens as being the top? player to uh, invest in for the set so that's a really interesting topic that we should probably kind of talk with a lot of people about but i think in terms of the hobby which prospect will become quote-unquote the number one prospect in bowman draft in terms of the hobby i think it will be langford and that i will throw in a small biased caveat and say matt shaw might give him a run for his money but in terms of the hobby, I do think that Wyatt Langford will be the number one prospect to chase in that set because of how much love hitters get in the hobby compared to pitchers. But if we're talking about overall MLB prospect, I don't think he'll surpass Skeens. But I don't know. He, we also he can't could. forget about Dylan Cruz either. Right. Yeah, Dylan and, Cruz. And, is and, and unfortunately, set, but... Dylan Cruz is not in this set. So we're assuming he he'll be in regular Bowman, which I don't like, but I guess I like we say, I guess you know, to maximize profits or you don't want to put all the players. I don't know why they do that. Like if the player was drafted, they should just be in draft and then just leave all the international signings to regular Bowman. But I mean, sometimes they split them up like Bobby Witt was. Yeah. Um, it could be like a, uh, contract dispute between tops and the player. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't get the player to sign like uh, right away. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I've always, I'm still waiting on um, who's the leader? Like uh, leaders? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm still, still waiting on his first moment. Not, yeah, <laughs> doesn't exist because I don't think he wants to sign a deal with tops or something. Wow. Or they can't agree on a number, whatever it is. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I'm. My prediction is Wyatt Linkford will absolutely be a top 10 prospect like within a few months of this season. Right now, he's number 14 or 13. So he's 13. He'll be a top 10 prospect. I don't know if he'll pass Cruz or Skeens overall, but yeah, he's, he's do you really have his uh, Do you have his college stats pulled up? I don't have his college stats, but please tell me you looked at his minor league stats. I did not. I, I Now oh I wish God. I would have. I was just sticking really to the set. I was, all my notes were just um, were just based on like writing down like uh, to, uh, top things to like talk about within the set. I didn't write down any stats. Now I'm very upset at myself. <laughs> it's okay. I have, and to. I don't own a computer, so <laughs> so <laughs> I can't look it up. In 2023, he started in rookie ball and he finished in AAA. So he played at four four different levels: rookie ball, high A, double A, and triple A. He played in four different levels, and he was drafted in June. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Crap. 
Yeah, he's 22 years old, outfielder. He just turned 22 <clears throat> in November. So, in 44 games across four levels, I know that's not a lot, but 161 at-bats. He had 58 hits, 109 total bases, 17 doubles, two triples, 10 homers, 30 RBIs, 36 walks, 34 strikeouts, nice. 12, 12 stolen bases, average of 360, on base 480, slugging 677. Wow. OPS 1.157. So I'm telling what you. What position man, does he play? He's an outfielder. Mm. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's very, very good. And he is going to be, in my opinion, the number one, eventually will be the number one chase for Bowman draft. I, people will argue that he already is, but how do you feel about it? Would you, here's a question. Would you rather have the red Wyatt Langford Auto Auto 5 or would you rather have the Skeeds Wyatt uh, Red Auto Auto 5? I guess it depends on what I'm selling it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, I, if I'm selling it good right away, like if we're, if we're ripping – Right away, and we pull that Paul Skeens out of five auto. I I would much rather have that card right as I'm opening the box, when the set is released. However, like you said, and like we kind of agree on, we think Wyatt Langford down the road is going to be a better investment than Paul Skeens potentially a better investment. So down the road, if I if we were waiting for call up, I mean, what he he might be the better choice. But I, I still think right away, Paul Skeens is going to be hot. Like, he's going to be the hottest hottest player coming out of this set. I feel the same way, honestly. But those numbers for Langford, though? Wow. Yeah, man. Really good. He's another guy. He's another guy that we could see right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And he's on the Rangers. Yeah, Uh-oh. man. Exactly. World Series champs, and they're going to get a guy who's hitting <laughs> 360 in 44 games? Yeah. Freaking, they called up Evan Carter, and now they're going to have Langford out there too in the outfield. And Evan Carter was, um, he was ripping in the in the postseason last year. I know, yeah. So now you're looking at um, you're looking at Jung at third. You got Evan Carter. You you're going to have Wyatt Langford coming up. Team stacked. Yeah, teams I'm really tr- stacked in, in in Texas. So I'm trying to find his college stats at Florida. Oh my god. Okay, really quick, and then we can maybe we should move on to another player. But in 2023 at Florida, Wyatt Lankford, 64 games, 88 hits, 83 runs, 28 doubles, three triples, 21 homers, 57 RBIs, nine stolen bases, 56 walks, 44 strikeouts, average 373, on base 498. 373. Slugged 784. So what? OPS 1.282. Oh, 784? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. my. Man. Yeah. He's really, really good. <laughs> in, that, um, in college, he played outfield and catcher. Left field, center field, and catcher. Wow. Yeah. See, this is this is why we love baseball. It's the best. Like, this is, this is why we surround ourselves with baseball cards because it's just like there's just something different about it like looking at you know looking into prospects versus just like rookies that are instantly coming into the league like you know like in football and in basketball it's i i just feel like it's more exciting to like 
it also gives you baseball gives you more of a chance to do a lot of research yeah. and to and to find those like we like we say those diamonds in the roughs quote unquote diamonds in the rough instead of just like these rookies who are instantly coming into the league in, in baseball or uh, basketball and football and I just feels like there's not a lot of time for you to like try find a sleeper. Yes. You know, like you can find these sleepers because sometimes like we say, it, it takes three to four years before they come into the, into the major. You can buy into these, you know, 18 year old prospects who might not get called up until 2026. Exactly. You know, and it's a fun time to watch, or you get these like Paul Skeens, Y Lankford who might only spend one season in the minors and they're coming up. And you're ready with their cards. Yeah, we might best. not even have time to grade them before they get but, called up. No, that's no on. Like, hey, that's another you interesting know? topic when it comes to Bowman drafts. Well, here, okay, let me ask you this <clears> for <throat> for Paul Skeens and Wyatt Langford. Would you? Would it oh, be God. better off to to just sell them raw right away when you're when you're ripping them, or are you sending them out to get graded and and hoping they'll be back in time for for season? Like, what's what's the better bet? Because these players might get, you know, they might get called up instantly. Right. So is like, it better off to, to sell it right away when, when the set's uh, released or to hold them for a few more months at call up? Like, are you still seeing like a bigger jump in the market? So that's a, <clears throat> I think that's like a jelly card discussion because in my opinion, it depends on the, the auto. It depends on the hit. Like if I have a, any uh, anything rarer than 50 like 50 down to 1 50 25 5 or 1 i'd probably sell right away mm-hmm. but if it if it gets to higher than 50 like a blue auto or like yeah something like that i would create it yep depending yeah, on too. depending on condition like if we think it could gem if i yeah. think it could gem I would create it, get it back for sure in time for the season. Uh, hopefully, it shouldn't take more than four months to get a card back from PSA. Yeah, and then sell it when it's uh, when it's call up time. But how do you feel about it? Because what about base autos? Hmm. Uh for like oh, so you're talking about like Jackson Jackson Holiday or like Ethan Salas or somebody like that? Yeah, those I would probably just sell right away too. Like those okay. because it's they're not first Bowmans. I don't think you need to, in my opinion, I don't think you need to grade them. Hmm. Uh, I think if, if we were pulling Jackson Holiday, Ethan Salah right out of the set, I would sell them right away. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Unless, unless like it was one of the image variations mm-hmm. and it looked grade worthy, like it could gem, then maybe I would, you know, because I've, I still feel like it's, it's, it is a Jackson Holiday auto. But if it wasn't grade worthy, and it's just a regular like you know base one, I just sell it, just sell it right away. <laughs> yeah, but see, this is where things get really interesting. So, again, to kind of just uh, let people know what we're talking about, we usually decide to sell cards at call up when it comes to baseball cards, or if it's not a call up like we're talking about right now, we usually sell it like right when the set gets released because that's when the market is super hot. But to you, Jason. If you hit the Jackson Holiday auto variation or whatever, and you grade it instead of selling it, and it comes back a 10, 
do you, wouldn't it wouldn't you make more money if you sell it when he gets called up instead of selling it right away? Yeah, you probably would, but also at the same time, it's not his first. It's not a first Bowman, yeah. so I don't think it's. I don't think it's gonna um, get anywhere near what you would be selling the uh, the same card, but with the first Bowman logo on it. You know, got you. So that's why I'm saying if if you're pulling it right away, I would just maximize on the hype of the the set and sell it right away while people are just running out to buy these cards. So they can have them for when the season starts, because okay. it, it might it like to me, I'd be like, I'd much rather just sell sell it to somebody who then will go out and grade it. So they have it when Jackson Holiday gets called up. I'm guessing when the season starts. Yeah, that's my guess, too. So like I would just maximize on that and just be like, here, take it. If it gems, congratulations. Yeah. But we're selling this card just to try to get some of this money back right away while we're kind of waiting for everybody else to play out in the minor leagues. Yes. Okay. I agree with you. Yeah. But uh, let's go over Matt Shaw too. So tell, yes, I see. And that's why I was bringing him up. Tell everybody why you are so big on Matt Shaw. Okay. So um, this is a difficult thing to explain. And not just because he's a cup. He's a cup. Yeah, that is off the table. I'm gonna <clears throat> so Yeah, clear your throat. <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to prepare myself for all the things I want to say about Matt Shaw. <laughs> I think I, I'm gonna Everyone try my up. best. Listen no, up. I don't I don't want anybody else to buy Matt Shaw. I want to <laughs> hoard all of the Matt Shaw cards. So first I'll give you the stats, but that's not even the most important reason to me that I want Matt Shaw cards. So Matt Shaw. He went. He was in three leagues this year. Started in rookie ball, went to high A, finished at double A. In three leagues, thirty-eight games total. He had fifty-six hits, ninety-seven total bases, nine doubles, four triples, eight homers, twenty-eight RBIs, nine walks. In thirty-eight games, he struck out twenty-five times. Not bad. Fifth, yep, fifteen stolen bases. Average of three fifty-seven. Nice. On base four hundred. Slugging 618, OPS 1.018. All of those things are wonderful. I think those are great stats, and he's a, he's a clear, great talent when it comes mm-hmm. to baseball. But the reason that I am obsessed with Matt Shaw, outside of him even being a Cub, is because of draft night. Did you watch like the MLB draft night, Jason, when they were doing it on MLB Network? I, I can't. I don't have cable. <clears throat> okay. So... Matt Draw was Matt Shaw was selected in the draft 13th overall. And the reason I love Matt Shaw is because as they were going through every pick, one through twelve, almost every single time, they were either in that like draft room, the like mm-hmm. small draft location where they bring the players and they're dressed up in suits and they're getting ready to come up to the podium. Or they were at home with family, like sitting on the couch ready to celebrate. Do you know where Matt Shaw was when this was happening? No. He was training. So the reason that I love Matt Shaw is because he was selected in the top half of the MLB draft. And instead of like going in a suit and getting like some publicity or whatever and all that hype and crap that uh, players are all obsessed about nowadays or even spending it at home with family and friends, Mm -hmm. Matt Shaw was in a gym. Training with some close friends and I think some baseball coaches. 
And so, just Andre because of that, that. Yep. Just no because nerves. of that. Absolutely. He, like, whatever, wherever I go, I'm going to go. It doesn't matter. I want to play baseball, and I need to be prepared to play baseball at the highest level. So, I'm going to be training. So, that's the reason. I love Matt Shaw, but everybody who's listening, ignore every single thing I said. <laughs> Don't touch Matt Shaw or the Cubs and breaks. Yeah, you gotta make John very, very upset. Yeah, don't even look at the Cubs. Go, go pick. I don't know some other. Go take Pittsburgh or something. Uh, you know, you know, Eddie's gonna hear this. He's gonna, uh, yeah, he's gonna yeah. outbid you on all these Matt Shaw cards. Yeah, all of our listeners are gonna listen to this and just jump into the hobby just to spite me. So, I'm obsessed with Matt Shaw. I, I'm super happy he's a Cub. He even said it himself that he's happy to be a Cub. So, and he plays a position that's open. I guess. Open so, on the, well, I guess kind of open on the team. He was drafted as a shortstop, but they're converting him to a third baseman. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And we really, really need one. So I hope he makes. Unless we sign Cubs. Matt Chapman. Oh my God. Gold Glover. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything you want to say about Matt Shaw? You, you crazy person over well, there. Well, my the only thing that I look at is. I keep looking back at the image variations. I would have to, there's not, so there's not many players that get image variation autos in these sets. They only uh, select, a, um, I don't know, maybe like 10 at most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Matt Shaw made it on one of those image variations, I mean, you're, like I said, you're talking about players like Ethan Salas, who was a huge, huge international signing. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Paul Skeens, number one overall pick, Wyatt Langford, again. Top pick, Jackson Holiday, number one prospect in baseball. And then there's Matt Shaw on the list. I have to assume that Matt that that means Matt Shaw not only is going to be a, a top, top prospect in baseball, but he has to he's going to be one of the best players to uh invest in from this set, which in your case might be a negative thing because yeah, he might make the Cubs super expensive to buy into in breaks, or he they might just make Matt Shaw cards extremely expensive to buy in singles. Yeah, which <clears throat> you're gonna be very upset. I'm already very upset. <laughs> uh, listen, I will put this out in the universe as well. He's currently 96th in the top 100 uh, MLB prospect list, but I am almost certain he will become a top 50 prospect, maybe top 25 prospect. By the where end did of this you year. where did you say he finished last year? And what? And in the minors. Uh, like double what? A. Double A. So so I'm guessing he'll probably start in Triple A. I think he'll probably start in Double A for a few games and then okay. get promoted to Triple A. So I'm, so he must. Uh, I I I can't remember if you said it. You, did you say how many games he played at Double A? In Double A, he played 15 games. Okay, yeah. So he will for sure start in Double A. I'll bet you he'll probably yeah, like you say, he might play like a month in Double A. He'll get called up. He might be like a midseason call up, depending on where the, the Cubs, Cubs are, are sitting at. Mm-hmm. And I guess it also depends too on if they do end up signing or tra- trading for Bobachet, or if they do end up signing Matt Chapman. Which I think the Bobachet talks have like really uh, kind of simmered down. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Matt Chapman talks are, are still up there. So if they do sign Matt Chapman, I kind of feel as if Matt Shaw, if he does get called up, will be later in the season, oh, midway yeah. or late in the season. Yeah. depending, um, I guess depending on how Chapman plays. 
just based on work ethic. I'm excited for Matt Shaw. That's awesome. That is the coolest thing. That's like, yeah. hey, Matt, you were drafted. Did you know? Cool. Yeah, let's go back to this drill, please. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I have one more set. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hold off the cameras, all right? Let me finish the set real quick. Yeah, his his interview like for the draft was on was for sure on a phone. It was on a phone, and he had AirPods in, and he was just like talking, saying he was happy and excited. And wow, that's awesome. Instead, like, didn't have a camera crew come to the living room and all that. So I'm a Matt Shaw supporter. Obviously, I love him even more because he's a Cub. But even if he wasn't a Cub, I'd be rooting for him to do well just based on work ethic and clear interest in becoming a professional baseball player. So let's let's end on this because there's another player in this set who's getting a first Bowman who – I, I've said before, I don't really like it. I mean, I, I know why they're doing it, because it's <laughs> it's a cool thought and whatever. But Tom Brady yeah. is getting a first Bowman Chrome or a first Bowman card in this Bowman draft set. <sighs> whatever, man. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just, hey, let's maximize on the Tom Brady hype of the hobby. And let's put Tom Brady, first Bowman, in there. And let's give him – the only cool thing about it is that he actually signed cards. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. But you made a point that his his Super Fractor Auto is not in Bowman Draft? It's not in um, Super Jumbo Boxes. Oh, Super – I'm sorry, Super Jumbo Boxes. Why? I don't know. Like, that really why, pissed why me would off. they not put so, – so the 101 is only in Jumbo Boxes. Yeah. Hmm. According Just to his Tops' auto, website. His auto, right? So that means his regular Superfractor non-auto could be in Jumbo or Super uh, Jumbo. I was shaking my head. Nope. No? Yeah. So his super, his Superfractor in anything is not in Super Jumbo. Correct. Sadly. Hmm. Do you think they did that on purpose? Because, I don't know. Because Super Jumbo is better than Jumbo. So, hey, let's put the Tom Brady one in just Jumbo. I, so it's like so like I guess you're just you're kind of I, I I don't know giving more of like a chance for people who can't buy into Super Jumbo. Maybe I I'm I hope that's not why it. I have to hope and believe that it was truly random. They just kind of randomize every single card and say, mm-hmm. well, it ended up both of his things are in Jumbo. So what are we gonna do? But yeah, like I told you guys, I wish that. Almost for all players, it was like you can find the regular super non-auto in this, and you can find the auto in the other one. Like if you're going to find the regular super fractor one of one base, no auto in jumbo, we have to put the auto in super jumbo. Mm-hmm. Just just to kind of like, I don't know, it makes it feel more equal, but maybe it's all random. But so for Tom, for when you're looking at autos, though, for Tom Brady, I, I saw that. It's 50 and lower. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to have an out of 50 gold. He'll have an out of 25 orange. Uh, he'll have the out of five red. And then, of course, his 101 super fractor. Uh, yes. I believe he's still going to have the regular refractors as well, his non-auto refractors. There's going to be a bunch of those. But when you're talking about autos, it's 50 and lower, man. Which, yeah. like I said, like it's – I mean, right away, it's going to be hot. Down the road, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be still a great, like, you know, piece to have or a card that could uh, accrue in value. I don't see that happening. 
I think once the set is kind of cooled off, those cards might cool off, especially once those big Tom Brady collectors out there have the card already. But you can still, obviously, in the Super Jumbo, though, you can pull the out of five red, right? I'm a... Yes, correct. Okay, so that's so in Super Jumbo, the best auto you can pull of Tom Brady's first Bowman Chrome is an out of five. Yes. Okay. In terms of odds, but uh, you you saw the photo with uh, like the inscription that he wrote on one of his golds? No. Oh, okay. So he signed, like you said, gold or rarer. Mm-hmm. And on one of the golds, he signed his name, and then he signed under it, if baseball doesn't work out, there's always football. That's what he signed that's on one awesome. of the golds. That's yeah, cool. That's cool. I know. So that's also like a possibility in terms of a crazy cool Tom Brady auto we could hit. But I agree with what you said about the eventually them losing their hype and value. So let me ask you this then. <clears throat> if if it's coming to case hit, what would you rather have? The out of five red of the Tom Brady auto or an out of five red of Paul Skeens or Wyatt Langford? Damn. Like, would you would you be upset if your case hit was the Tom Brady auto? No, I would not. Um, but I don't know which one I'd rather have. If uh, here's so the things the, that are running the only, through my head. The only point I'm asking this too is because we just said it's it might not accrue value. Right. So if your case hit is the Tom Brady one. You you're you gotta get rid of it right away. You're not getting that type. You know you're not gonna get that Wyatt Langford type of uh, accruing value or that Paul mm-hmm. Skeens accruing value or the Matt Shaw accruing value. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah, that's like uh, that's what I was gonna say. That's what's running through my head. If we hit the red Brady auto, I'm almost certain we're selling it right away. You have <clears> to, <throat> right? Yeah. And the question in my head is, if I if I sold the Brady Auto right away, would it sell for more than what a Langford or Skeens Auto would sell in the future? And I don't know. I feel like um, I feel like it wouldn't, which is kind of crazy to say. But I I don't know. What do you think? Well, it's it's kind of hard to put a price tag on, yeah, on yeah. the Tom Brady cards because we just don't know. We can't, there's nothing to compare it to. Exactly. There's only prospects to compare it to, and I don't think it's going to sell the same way that prospect cards are. Like you might get that Tom Brady, that crazy Tom Brady collector who's yeah. willing to pay ten thousand dollars for the out of five red auto, or you could end up not getting that, and it might only be like a thousand dollar card or something. Yeah, you know, exactly. who, who know? You just you don't know like what it's going you know the kind of cool thing about it though is if you're pulling an out of five and nobody else is selling them you get to kind of dictate the market a little bit yeah absolutely and and let me ask you this would you would it be better off uh putting it on auction or is it better off putting it at a buy now and kind of slapping a high price tag on it and letting letting people kind of dictate the market I think that's a phenomenal question, and we should probably dedicate a whole episode to that because what buy nows uh, versus auctions? Yeah, in terms of like massive cards that you hit when you're ripping the set right away when it gets released, because like you just said, if you hit that red auto and nobody else has hit a Brady auto when the set just came out, you do have the opportunity there to dictate the market, or even like any twenty-five or lower, fifty even 
It's mm-hmm. not like they, they're super easy to find. Yeah. If you hit a really rare auto right away. Unless you're opening up a hundred cases. <laughs> yeah. But it, hey, hey man, you who knows what could happen? Even if you open up the hundred cases, you might so wait, get a few on. red autos. Who, who's who's getting the for the Montreal Expos then? Is it the uh, is it the Nationals that yes. are going to get them? Oh. <clears throat> yeah, I think if you're doing, I don't know why my sorry, I'm clearing my throat so much. But if you uh if you do team breaks, I'm pretty sure it's going to the Nationals. Okay. But the um <clears throat> excuse me, the Tom Brady auto was a player break, so you could buy Tom okay. Brady specifically. And get all the Tom Brady cards. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But the the Cubs that I wanted to buy a break in the break that I was telling you about, mm-hmm. the cool thing that that breaker is doing, which now is like um, persuading myself to go buy it as soon as this podcast is over. <laughs> Everybody who buys into the break, they're randomizing the Nationals slash Expos. So the Nat- you can't buy the Nationals. If you buy one of the other 29 teams, you get randomized to win the Nationals slash Expos. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm going to be poorer in about an hour. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> hey, you have you have a hot hand when it comes to breaks, man. So, uh, yeah, you, you I guess. Pu- you've pulled some you – or you've had some really, really big cards pulled out of breaks. Ladies and gentlemen, very easy to have hot hands when you spend more money. <laughs> It's easy to it's easy to hit more cards when you spend more money on breaks. So don't listen to what Jason is saying. There's That's only funny. one hot hand in jelly. And it's That's Luke. Hot hand Luke. Hot hand Luke. Hey, is this card good? Yeah. Guys, uh are we throwing this in the birdcage or what? Guys, I just pulled this Javi Javi Bios card. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you what do you think? Like what uh would you be upset if you if the case hit was a Brady instead of a, I, I, I guess I if you could choose, if you could choose between the three, who do you want? Oh, I would. I, oof, that's actually tough. I'd probably want the Paul Skeens. Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah I would probably want the Paul Skeens. <laughs> wow. Just, just, just because I think it, at the time, if we if we pulled an out of five Paul Skeens, I want to sell it instantly raw. Wow. Yeah. I, and and that's the only reason why I'm saying it, is because I you love want, pictures. I love pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. No, because I would just want to sell it right away. If if our case hit ended up being the Tom Brady auto, I would be a little upset. Dang! Wow. Yeah. Okay. Just because it's pick. like I I want prospects. I want the prospect. Like yeah. I, that's I would much rather want the prospect that could a potentially accrue value. Like when, like we say, we we sell it, call up. Is Tom Brady getting called up? <laughs> no. You know what I mean. So, like, what if what if we pulled that out of five Paul Skeens and it was and it looked perfect? That's another and we, tough and we sent decision. it in to get graded, and it came back a ten. I would much rather have the Paul Skeens out of five auto in a ten than the Tom Brady out of five auto in a ten. If we do hit that, it's gonna be an argument at the in Let's, the jelly room. We're hitting super fractors, baby. Yeah, that's oh, what man. we hit. We're hitting the Paul Skeens one hundred and one auto. Come on, oh, man! Reach for the stars, John. That's right. Uh, spend all the money. Who cares? Yeah. Just keep reaching, and eventually your hand will be hot. I want us to rip this case, make enough money right away, so we could turn around and buy another case. Another three cases. 
Or or at least save up to buy a Connor Bedard case. Hey, now we're talking. Yeah. Or yeah, now exactly you're speaking right. Speaking my language over here. I want to hit a card, pay for the case, and then some, and, and then, then buy another case. Yes, or then, buy into breaks. And then yeah. roll around in the cards. <laughs> <laughs> where's where's the great? Where's the to be graded pile? <laughs> Put them on the floor. <laughs> Let's Just, roll around in them. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, that's a good spot to end. That was yeah, funny. Absolutely. And my funny bones. We're just we're <laughs> pigs. Pigs <laughs> rolling around in the mud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you guys even like collect the cards? No. No. No, we just roll around. We lay them on the ground. Yeah. And I we take up. turns rolling through them. Yeah, I line them in my birdcage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. That's so, a really yeah. tough question though. Yeah. Honestly, mm-hmm. if you could pick between the three. I think that's a great question to ask people. Would you rather have a red Tom Brady, a red Wyatt Langford, or a red Paul Skeens? Yeah. And I think, or a red Metro. Collector John Metro. Business decision? I don't know. Um, yeah, it would uh, depend on your strategy and what, yeah, whatever you're, what you really want to do. Yeah. So what are your, uh, what are your final thoughts? <clears throat> okay, final thoughts. Thank you, everybody. Um, like we said in the beginning of this podcast episode, shout out to 727 Cards. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Elias. This Saturday, Saturday, December 9th, there's going to be a card show in Darien, Illinois at the Perfect Swing starting at 9 a.m. And we will be there. Jelly Cards will be there. We are gratefully and thankfully sponsors of the show. So, if you got some young collectors coming to the show, we'll have some goodie bags, Pokemon bags, sports bags, T-shirts. We'll be a part of it, like Jason was saying. It's just a great place for you to come hang out and spread the love of this hobby and spend money as a buyer or make money as a seller. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. We will be there. We're excited for it. And then on top of that, we started diving into... Bowman draft because next week Bowman draft is coming out. And I think you made a really great point, Jason. When jelly cards first started, we never really bought into cases. We all, we started slow, started really small. We were buying retail mega boxes, but then as we matured in the hobby and we kind of figured out what could get us the most bang for our buck, we moved to hobby boxes because hobby boxes guaranteed you an auto. And like Jason said, Autos are where the money is shifting. And then after hobby boxes, we moved into cases because when you buy a full case of cards, you get way more guaranteed autos or hits. And that in turn increases your chances and eliminates the gambling in terms of making money on cards. So if you're like us and you have uh, enjoyed Rip and Wax, whatever it is, please reach out. We love hearing about crazy hits, crazy stories about watching a break or hitting a massive card in a break. That stuff is really cool. And on top of that, we didn't mention it, Jason, but the biggest reason we love ripping wax is the feeling of opening up packs. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Even like we've said many times, Jelly Cards was started way back when, when we were little kids, opening up Pokemon packs and Yu-Gi-Oh packs and just feeling that rush of hitting a massive card is the reason we love opening packs. Yeah. So if you're like us, reach out on our social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. We are at jelly cards, J E L I C A R D S on TikTok, We are jelly underscore cards 
and let us know your thoughts. Let us know how you feel about Bowman Draft or any other release that comes out and how you approach buying and selling. So thank you all very much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you. Don't forget about the card show this upcoming weekend. Please, if you've enjoyed the things that we talk about and goof around about, follow us on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Leave us a good review. We would love that. We appreciate it. And as always, hope we have an amazing weekend, an amazing week ahead. And keep spreading the love of this hobby from your friends at Jelly Cards.